Gracious Heavenly Father, uh, You said that my grace is sufficient for Thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Lord, I ask this this blessing uh, that Your strength would be made perfect in our weakness for each and every person that's here. And for me, as uh, You use me, You... Uh, you put words in my mouth today. Uh, we thank you, we love you, and we praise you, and we ask these things in your wonderful name, Jesus. Amen. <clears throat> We're going to be talking about something today that a lot of times is uh, not understood as early on as it should be in a Christian walk. Uh, everybody... Everybody hears when they first come to Jesus how to come to Jesus. Uh, they hear, um, most people do when they come to Jesus, they hear what justification is. Now, um, speaking for myself, I'm sure I heard it preached a lot when I was young, uh, and either it was over my head or I just wasn't paying attention, one or the other. I'm not going to say which one I think it was, but um, I think it's something that that is of the utmost importance, should become more, more clear than anything else before we study anything. Justification should be learned, not only for our own benefit, but for the benefit of those who Jesus is sending us to. Um, because... When we don't have a, a clear understanding of justification, uh, we, can co- we can go a couple of different roads. We can either go up the Pharisaic road, or uh, we can oftentimes have fear, uh, wondering, wondering about our salvation. So, uh, uh, and, uh, you know, I've, uh, I have to admit that I've experienced these. And, uh, you know, the Lord had to work out some things in my life to where, where finally, uh, I got down and I, I learned what, what justification is. And you could study all day about justification. You could study for a year about justification and still not get the whole picture of it. So I'm going to share what little with you that I can share today. I don't claim to have a complete understanding of it, but, uh, that's what we're going to be talking about today is justification. What, what is justification? Uh, how do we, how do we get, well, let's, let's, let's read. It. I got a definition here of what justification is. Justification is the divine act by which God declares a sinner righteous, free of blame, innocent. Righteous, free of blame, innocent. Now, uh, that, that's what I want. Um, hopefully that's what everybody here wants. Um, how do we get that? How, how, how do we, how do we get righteousness? How do we, uh, become free of blame? Cause I've got a lot of blame. Uh, I've got a lot of sins. How do we get free of this? Do, what do we do? Um, Turn with me, if you have your Bibles with you, turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 
verses uh, 15. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 15. Here it says, Thanks be to God for His indescribable gift. Now another verse I want to look at is Romans chapter 6. Just a couple of books back. Romans chapter 6, verses 23. It says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. In Christ Jesus our Lord. Well, let's jump back to 17. Let's read 17 as well. 17 and 18. But God be thanked that through you, that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart. I'm trying to make sure I'm in the right place. Uh, though you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. And having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. I'm on the wrong verse. Sorry about that. 5.17. Here we go. For if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who received abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Therefore, as though one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation, even so through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. So, according to the Bible, we can ask whoever we want to. We could go ask, go out on the street and ask uh, 20 different people. And uh, we would likely get a, a lot of different answers mixed with faith, works, both. But... It doesn't really matter what anybody says, what anybody thinks. It it's matters what's written in the Word of God. And according to the Word of God, justification is a gift, a free gift. Now, in order for it to be a gift, uh, there's absolutely nothing we could do in return for this gift, in, in, order, to, in order to get this gift. There's absolutely nothing that we could do. Uh, Paul uh, uses this illustration in Romans. I want to encourage everybody here to read Romans uh, 1 through 6 and um, read it in many different versions because I, 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 it takes different versions for me to get a, a good grasp on it. But uh, you may have to read it three or four times too. But Romans chapter 1 through chapter 6 really gives a very good understanding of what justification is and how we get justification now, but, okay, so in order for this to be a free gift, now let's imagine that your boss, you're at work one day, it's Friday, it's payday, right? And your boss says, here, uh, Steve, i got a gift for you. Uh, hands you an envelope. Well, Steve's oh, a gift, all right, sounds like a bonus to me. So uh, Steve goes and gets in his car before he opens his envelope because he doesn't want to look too eager, right? So he gets in his car, and he opens it up, and it's his regular paycheck. There's nothing extra, just money paid for the hours that he worked. Now, Steve, might, he, he might start resenting his boss a little bit. What, what's the deal with this guy? 
Are you trying to play a joke on me or what? I worked for this money. This is this is what I earned. So in order for it to be a gift, it means that we absolutely can't do anything for it. Now, um, I got a little illustration I need Johanna to help me with. <clears throat> okay, so here, we're going to call this gift justification. Alright, now, I'm going to offer Johanna this justification. <laughs> you know, I, I could set it on her head. It, I could stand here all day. But in order for it to do her any good, what are you going to have to do, Johanna? justification to do us any good, there are some things that have to be done. And before you stroke out on me or anything, uh, let me tell you, as she reached out with two hands and took justification, we're going to call this hand confession, repentance. And we're going to call this hand faith. And these together is how we receive the free gift. Justification. Turn with me to Luke chapter 18. Luke was a Gentile who had a great understanding of uh, salvation by grace. Um, and he is actually the only gospel that records this, this story that Jesus tells that... Um, <clears throat> really is gives us a clear understanding of what justification is and how we become justified. Luke chapter 18. <clears throat> and we're going to start reading in verse 9. Here it says, Also he spoke this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank you that I'm not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this tax collector over here. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the tax collector standing afar off would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Okay, now, <clears throat> if you were walking around during the time of Jesus, and uh, you might go ask a few people. Um, you know, there are different sects of Judaism. Uh, some were Pharisees, some were Sadducees, some were Zealots. Uh, there, were, there were a few different sects. And um, if you were to ask someone, 
which one of these six would would you think would be the most likely to go to heaven? Well, most people, in response to your question, would say the Pharisees. Because they were known for their rigid stance on obeying the law. Perfect this, perfect that. Everything's got to be this way. We've got to do this, we've got to do that. And if you went and asked these same people, okay, now, um, if there was a group of people who were going to be lost, who would you think that would be? They would say, oh, probably, definitely tax collectors. They're the worst sinners they've ever walked the face of the earth. Because they were known for their loose, uh, loose lifestyle and, and just living completely worldly. Okay, so, um, here, here, here Jesus is, is telling us something a little bit different. He's saying, um, well, in this story, let's, let's, uh, look at the story. Um, the Pharisee, he's praying thus with himself. So he's really not praying to God. But l- listen to what everything he's got going for him. He's got, he's, uh, uh, pays his tithe. He fasts twice a week. Um, he does all this stuff. Now, now, if we, Pastor Daniel, if we were to uh, see someone of Israel come into a church and, and uh, he starts coming every every Sabbath, um, every time the doors are open, he's here. And, you know, every Sabbath morning he's getting out and he's, he's uh, filling out his little tithe envelope and dropping it in the, the, in the basket there. And he just, man, this has got praise like this. This looks like really good. We might think about... We, you know, the elders of the church, everybody looking around might think, this guy should, you know, this looks like a good dude. He, he deserves to have some kind of leadership position in the church, right? Right? Really? Yeah. I mean, it, it, it looks like a good resume. Um, but but uh, Jesus Jesus knows the heart. Okay, so looking looking at this Pharisee and then looking at the tax collector. The tax collector won't even come to the altar. Standing afar off. He has nothing to offer the Lord. He doesn't say, I've done this, I've done that. He has absolutely nothing to offer God. He won't even look up look up to heaven. But he beats his breast. Which is what? sign of Christ. 
and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Second Corinthians 5 17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have come. Now, though justification does not impart a righteous character, it does presuppose that someone is stepping into the road. Heading towards the kingdom. Now, let me build on that a little bit. Um, <clears throat> turn with me to Luke chapter 23. <clears throat> We're going to start reading in verses 39. <clears throat> Then one of the criminals, criminals who were hanged blasphemed him, saying, If you are the Christ, save yourself and us. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Do you not even fear God, seeing that you are under the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due rewards for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And then he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. So here we've got, we've got the story of the, the two thieves. Now, these, both of these men were guilty of the same sins. Uh, we read in another gospel that they were, uh, they had both sinned against their government uh, and broken the laws. They were against, uh, the government and, uh, they stole to support their habits. And, you know, they probably murdered as well. So, um, here you have two men guilty of the very same things. One of them is saved and the other one is lost. And this is an example of just how quickly justification can happen. Because in, in the book of Matthew it says that not just the one that was lost was railing on Jesus, both of them were railing on Jesus. So, there was some change that took place in between then and what just happened. I don't know what it was. I don't know what he saw. I don't know what he heard. But something changed this man as he, as he looked at Jesus hanging beside him. And when the other one starts railing on him again, he said, Do you not even fear God, seeing that you are under the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due rewards of our deeds. He's saying that, Don't you know that you and I both deserve what we're getting? And we're getting, we're getting what's right. For we've, we've done everything. Uh, we've put ourselves here. But Jesus has done nothing. And what is, what's he doing there? Imagine if, if this thief 
if for some reason Pilate decided, I'm going to pardon one of these guys. There's three hanging on the cross here. I'm going to pardon one of them. He chooses to pardon the one that Jesus has just forgiven and assured salvation. They take the nails out and bandage his wounds and they turn turn them loose. Do you think that his life would ever be the same? Do you think that he would go back to living the same lifestyle that he was living that put him on that cross? No. I don't think so. But if he did, then that confession and that repentance wasn't real. Because the life lived after <coughs> the life lived after justification is only evidence of the sincerity that one actually has reached out and actually repented and reached out in faith and actually has received a gift of justification. It is evidence of the sincerity that one has reached out. Now, it, it, it is plain that if we do receive if we do sincerely reach out and receive justification, it puts us on the road heading toward the kingdom. It doesn't mean we've gained ground. And and I, w- I want to look at something. I mean, we've made it we've made it clear. I think that justification is a free gift. There's absolutely nothing that we can do to receive justification. Uh, how easy is that? We want to make it hard. And Jesus makes it easy. Just reach out and take it. The most expensive gift that has ever been put in a box to say. Now, turn with me to uh, the book of James, chapter 2, verses 21. This is where uh, we can kind of get confused because uh, we just got done reading... We just got done reading where um, Paul says that it is a free gift offered to all men. Now, James chapter 2, verses 21 says, Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? What's going on here? Is James contradicting Paul? Is Scripture warring against each other? No, absolutely not. In the next verse, we find out what exactly James is meaning here. In verse 22, it says, Do you see that faith was working together with his works? And by works, faith was made perfect. All James is saying here is that works is evidence of the sincerity of justification. Now, these another thing that we have to understand. James and Paul are talking to two different groups of people here. Okay? Paul is speaking to 
a group of Jews that are trying to teach these uh, newly converted Gentiles that they must keep the law of Moses. You must be circumcised. You must do this. You must do that. And Paul says, that's not how justification works. We don't do anything to receive this. And James is speaking to a different group of people as well. He's speaking to some uh, already converted Gentiles who have said, yeah, we get it, justification by faith alone. So works are going out the window. And James is saying, no. Works and faith together. (coughs) By works, faith is made perfect. It is the understanding um, there's a uh, there's a story it's, it's about Abraham Lincoln uh, Abraham Lincoln didn't live long enough to see the end of the Civil War but he did live long enough to give the Emancipation Proclamation after this there was a, there was a slave that escaped from the south and he uh uh, he made it to Washington, and, and he approached and offered him some money. And he said, well, what's this? And he said, I'll, I'll give you some money because I'm so thankful for what you've done. And he said, I can't take your money. And he offered it to him again. And he said, before you offer me that anymore, let me show you something. So they began walking. Walking around the neighborhood. <clears throat> and over here pointed at a house and said, that house over there, that woman who lives there, she lost her only son by the year of And kept on walking and said, this house over here, this woman lost three sons by the And he said, now this house over here, that's a, that's a, that's a special house. That woman lost her husband and her sons fighting for your freedom on different sides. And later, someone asked the slave about the ex-slave about the confrontation, and uh, he said, "You know, after after realizing how much my freedom cost, I realized what an insult it was to offer him money." Now, there's only been one price that's been paid that, that would have been any greater than any of that. In the life of God Himself, that paid the price. So we could have this free gift, this free and easy gift. If there's anyone here who's never reached out in confession, Faith to receive it. I want to encourage you. It's easy. Don't let anybody ever make it hard. It's easy. <clears throat> Jesus has already paid it all. There's nothing that we can do. We're going to stumble. That's another sermon. Sanctification. <clears throat> I want to encourage. Everyone here to study justification. 
Let's share it with everybody we know. Let's receive the free gift that God has offered to us and that has cost Him so much. And yet, let us not be caught. Let us not be found standing and looking at it. Our closing song. Jesus paid it all. Number 184. Precious Heavenly Father, I thank You for uh, the wonderful, wonderful gift that You have made available to all of humanity. Lord, let us receive this gift and let us share this wonderful gift. Uh, We, Your servants, we're humbly asking that You would go with us and help us, Father, to uh, be a witness for You, to share Your love with others. We ask all these things in Your wonderful name, Jesus. Amen.